Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation audio podcast. We go live every Monday night, talk all things kayak bass fishing across multiple platforms. But we don't get to talk directly to you folks, the audio podcast listeners. Uh, wherever you're listening to us from, whatever platform you use, we want to say we appreciate you guys downloading the show, listening to it while you're driving, working out, or whatever the case may be. If you have the time, take a second and leave us a review. Give us a follow, a subscribe, whatever your platform allows. And once again, thank you for spending a little time with us on the KBN Live replay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. How you doing tonight, Ryan? Are. My sunburned face, tired friend. How you doing? Exhausted, buddy. <laughs> I have no gas left in the tank after this weekend. Well, we kind of called it, or I kind of called it last week, man. After all the trash you spoke on Kentucky Lake, you gave it hell and made a run at it. I so, did. Well I did. Uh, just because I hate the place doesn't mean I'm not going to try to catch fish there. But in traditional Kentucky Lake fashion, <laughs> she got me again. Got, got me again, again, man. Golly. Yeah. Well, yeah. For those that followed along, you guys saw Ryan up there towards the top of the leaderboard for two days and he had a little unfortunate circumstance, <laughs> knock him back a little bit. I, uh, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I don't know how you don't catch the same fish. Like, I don't know if you're supposed to like shake your worm different so it don't bite it again the next day or I haven't ran into that circumstance. Uh, yeah. You always be catching the same smallies. How does that happen to you? Uh, I, so I, I catch the same smallmouth, like, because they're spawning. This is just a random largemouth. Like it's a huge secondary point. <clears throat> and I caught a couple 17s off of it. And this one just happened to be the same one twice. He fell for the trick twice. So from now yeah. on, you're just going to have to pedal like 500 yards down the bank, throw it up, let him go and then come back. I, I don't, I, I, I'm just going to throw it onto the bank. I think that way I don't <laughs> catch it twice. That's my only uh, real solution. Yeah. The the part that that kind of got me a little bit is is I didn't find out until <laughs> until like three twenty. Uh, I was on an airplane anyway, but uh, it didn't uh, didn't really give give you a lot of time to adjust if you have caught the same fish twice. So like you know it's different if you know about it and you can make adjustments. You know maybe that'll change your game plan for the day or whatever. Uh, but I, that's that's a thing that I think uh, probably could have could have happened a little bit better. What, what was the deal there? Were they going back reviewing people in check reins, like double checking their I photos? Guess so. or something? Yeah. And I think, and we can ask Jim when he gets on here, but I'm pretty sure Jim had caught the same fish day one and day two. Uh, Kyler, Kyler Branham had caught the same fish day one and day two. Uh, I think AJ said like three people in the money had caught the same fish. That's because the lake is so shitty. There's so few fish. <laughs> you just keep catching the same ones every day. Now, what's your, for real, what's your opinion on the lake? Do you think that it, <laughs> uh, after Jay was here saying it's kind of creeping back, there was a lot of people saying there's, they, you know, saw a lot of fish, caught a lot of fish, even smaller fish. Do you think it showed signs of life, Ryan? Would yes, you agree it's that? definitely improved. Uh, there's a lot of bait, a lot of, uh, lot, small emerald shiners up shallow. Some people were saying they were seeing thread fin balls out on the ledges. I know some guys that caught some good fish. Uh, on the ledges Ewing got on a school and and beat him up pretty good there uh the second day obviously Abby got into a school of really good smallmouth there on the second day and made a run all the way up to the top three and qualified for the TOC 
Um, yep. The lake's definitely on the upswing, but it's she's still tough. I mean, you if you look at the look at the limits, even on day one, it was what eighty inches was the top ten, and then after that, it just plummeted. Yeah, they it was, were all stacked up. <laughs> it you know was I mean? straight down after that. Yeah, it, uh, it's tough, but I mean, it's getting there. It's it's moving in the right direction. I felt like I hadn't been there in a few years, but I feel like the change in forage, like you said, those emerald shiners and some other stuff kind of position the fish different. Like I saw some people, like you said, some people caught them off ledges, Brandon Prince, one of the hammers from over this way, finished seventh. He caught them on a ledge day one. Uh, but I was catch like I caught a small mouth on a buzz bait and like a foot of water in bank grass eating those emerald shiners, you know? So, so that, that big one I caught pre-fishing, big small mouth I caught pre-fishing was in maybe six or eight inches of water just yeah. right right up on the bank and it was slack water in the back of a pocket like five points back into a creek it made no sense at all so i yeah. think they're just you know they have to just move to wherever wherever that little bait they can find is in there yeah well as you guys saw we're having the champ on tonight we were going to have the champ and the runner-up the father-son dynamic duo of jim and jackson or Jackson has gotten caught up or he can't join us, but we do have Jim. He's going to join us here in just a little while. So that's, it's going to be a fun show regardless. How cool was that to see the father son up there? Tearjerker, emotional. Uh, that's waiting, awesome, right? man. I, I, I love Jim and Jackson and, and that's great. You know, seeing, seeing them both be successful, but to finish one and two in a, in a big Hobie event is, is excellent. I mean, it's reminds me of, of Ewing and Nolan, you know, uh, it's it's cool when when you got the kind of the family dynamic and the competition going on at the same time it's it's awesome to see both be successful yeah very cool one i had a good time I, I got on a little fun bite on saturday and was sitting in pretty good position myself uh not great but not totally out of it i had like 72 and three quarters on day one but unfortunately i had a mechanical failure not my boat but my body <laughs> <laughs> and uh had to had to bow out after day one and came on home. So I'm afraid I'm gonna have to shut down tournaments for a few months and try to get right again. So, uh, but it was still fun catching them in the rain, uh, on a buzz bait is always fun. So I think that, and, and Jim can talk about this a little bit when he gets on here too. I think the weather affected a lot of people's bites that, you know, post frontal bluebird skies on day two seem to make that bite a whole lot tougher than, you know, in the wind, the baits blowing around, the fish are active, uh, it's, it's usually a little bit easier to catch them in those conditions than, than the old bluebirds guys. Yeah. Yeah. Some people saying it was tough on Sunday for sure. Uh, we always like to talk about our sponsors, uh, before we get our guest on and I'll go ahead and just talk about the rain on Saturday. It was my first time to try out the gill gear, Ryan and the Meridian straight fire. First time in years. I haven't had any water on me after, <laughs> after fishing in the rain for a while. So hundred percent recommend old, old fellow works. I got mine on about six o'clock when i launched on saturday <laughs> it was clutch keeping me dry there yeah it worked and it even uh is easy to get off if you have to hit the bank for an emergency situation so good so stuff. you have the meridian i have the apex and yeah. it the apex zips all the way down one side uh which is great especially for kayak fishing because you can you're still sitting down and you can easily get out of those bibs you know once the rain does stop you just unzip right. the whole right leg and then you're basically just worrying about getting your left foot out yeah where i was fishing man you know sometimes you, you get in a little trouble if you haven't uh used the facilities before you start fishing for the day and <laughs> you have to kind of make a decision at some point and i turned this corner in like an oasis in the desert there was one porta potty sitting there on the bank and by god <laughs> <laughs> i was able to bank it and uh make it there so thank congratulations you. thanks for the porta potty whoever 
placed it in that location. So there we go. Um, but yeah, let's talk about other sponsors real quick, Ryan. Of course, Dugout Bait and Tackle presents the whole show. Appreciate them. Uh, Pro Guide Lithium, running those Pro Guides hard and pre-fishing, I'm sure. And then, of course, oh, yeah. they, they were powering them electronics on on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Did you run? Did you use any scoping for any of your fish? Or were, you, were you fishing old school? My scope's on the fritz, man. It's um, on the fritz, too. Yeah. I didn't. I, I can't say that I caught caught a fish that i saw on the graph i was fishing a lot of like chunk rock stuff and when i see those like the chunk rock and then you know a little little boulder mixed in every now and then i just drag on ned i drug on ned for four days up there and that was pretty much the ticket so i don't i don't really have to look at them in eyeballs to feel comfortable trying to catch them (laughs) i got you uh bangtail whiskey our our newest sponsor on the show we appreciate them doing the revo giveaway tonight like i said y'all throw this on the screen here real quick you guys know how we do the giveaways like and share on facebook like and comment on youtube you got to like the video and then comment on youtube so revo giveaway we've been getting rave reviews on everybody that's gotten a pair so far uh then of course we might thank z-man cigar and gill for for the support of the show as well Well, we did the cigar giveaway last week f this lake shirts are in they have arrived i will be shipping them out to those that pre-ordered this week i did order some extras they will be put up on the web probably tomorrow and i also have the hats that jeff and i are wearing they will also be on the website to order tomorrow there we go oh and i wanted to mention before we got jim on uh the talk leading up to kentucky lake was taught people talking about that lake in iowa okajab i can't pronounce it okaboji okachobi yeah okachobi of the north is that what it's called okaboji um it showed out they had the all-american over there and they they put up 190 a bunch of big smallmouth so respect you you show you put up backed up what you guys were saying over there so well done you put up what you shut up That's put up what you shut up <laughs> showed up what you put up i don't know what's, what what so, i was gonna say but yeah they, they showed out I don't, I don't know how big a lake that is i don't know if it could ever host a uh, larger size field so i'm gonna have to let us know educate me on that but what is, billy what are you are you you on the what? wrong internet what are you talking about you fool <laughs> Turn your computer off. Damn. Anyway. I think he's talking about your uh, restaurant post from the. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, son. Anyway, let's get Jim on here. I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> let's pivot to Jim. Jim, the champ. What's going on? Jeez, oh, Louise. Wow. I hope you didn't see that, Jim. All right. <laughs> These guys, these guys. Jim saw it. Jim was at the restaurant. He saw. Oh, well, that's right. He was photo bombing <laughs> was, the whole deal. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We took the picture. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was. Gosh. Yeah, that was a precursor to him winning the whole thing. Yeah, he is that know. what was that any yeah, kind was, of motivation for you to show out there? Uh, you know, this weekend. What's that, Ralph? Well, yes. <laughs> Ralph's. <laughs> yes, was Ralph's any kind of motivation? Uh not really. <laughs> not really how so you and jackson were y'all fishing the same area this is exactly what jeff asked were y'all fishing the same area ironically you know, y'all together or ironically you know uh here in the last couple of years i mean um you know when this all started out you know i was uh i, I was basically jackson's chauffeur yeah you know um and i'd i'd, I'd run around with the camera and, and chase him um then i started carrying fishing poles and i'm like oh shit you know i hooked a couple 
<laughs> you know, so long and short of it is, uh, now on this one, Jackson, we're about as far apart as we could be. Uh, we're about 50 miles apart. Really? That makes yeah. it even a cooler story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're about 50 miles apart. Um, which I wasn't, I wasn't happy about finding fish where I did because it was not about an hour and 10 minute drive. Uh, Jackson had about a seven minute drive from where we're staying. Really? Yeah. You figured, you figured it'd be the opposite. You being the dad, you do the more reasonable drive and then, yeah. but no. Yeah. But I mean, he, <laughs> he found what he found and I found what I found, Yeah, you know? Awesome. And, uh, yeah. So we're, we're at opposite, opposite ends of the lake. He was in uh, Kentucky at the North end. I was in Tennessee at the South end. Yeah. Steve Fields said half a tank of fuel apart on the media boat. So you made Steve work. Didn't you? Uh, actually, I mean, with the wind, Steve wasn't even able to get down That's to true. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got, it got pretty, yeah. pretty salty out there. Yeah, it did get salty. Well, before we get into day one and day two, once you found in practice and all the all the real fishing talk, tell us what it means not to only win a tournament, but to win like this with you winning, your son right there behind you. What what, what did that feel like? What's that mean to you? I'm still feeling it, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, we were standing up on stage and, um, we're, we're, we're a little bit nervous. You know, there, there was, uh, another gentleman that was up there, you know, and weren't sure, you know, what he could have done after the, after the leaderboard went off. But after they, after they called his name, um, we knew, you know, um, and that's where, I mean, I was, I was doing everything I could to hold it back. You know, and it wasn't about, it wasn't about, I brought my onion just in case. Um, uh, but uh, it, for me, it wasn't about finishing first. For me, it was about being the last two standing there, you know, and uh, that was special. This is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had Jax on here because I'm sure he would say the same thing. So cool. Yeah, no, I mean. We, 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 we talked half the way home. I mean, uh, you know, to talk, but also to keep his, eat, each other awake. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I can't tell you how many times he said, he's like, dad, this is surreal. You know, he's like, I can't believe this happened, you know? And, um, you know, and I know, you know, there's some folks that were blowing him a little bit of smack just because, you know, dad got the first place trophy and, you know, uh, He's, he's got a second and a third, but no first yet, which just <laughs> motivates him even more. But, um, you know, and we can get into this later, but, you know, on that second day, I hardly ever look at the leaderboard. Um, but I spent more time than I think I've ever spent looking at the leaderboard as I watch him climb from, you know, 76 inches to 78 inches to 80 inches. And I, I you know, and, as soon as, as soon as that, as soon as that, we set our alarms, you know, so we know when, when, uh, lines out happens and I, it wasn't, it wasn't 10 seconds after my alarm was going off. You know, I got a phone call from Jackson and the first thing he asked me is, did you call up, you know, um, cause he knew he did, you know, and then, you know, we can talk about, uh, I did catch a fish, uh, on day two that I caught on day one that it was a 180 and a half and it, it took two and a half inches off and I just happened to be driving because where I was fishing, I didn't have reception. 
And uh, I had looked down at my phone uh, and I had a text from AJ, you know, said, call me when you can. I'm like, oh, crap. I got one of those so, too, but sounds like yep. yours was pretty similar. <laughs> yep. So, I, you know, I, when I got reception, I pulled over, uh, called him, and he let me know. And, you know, I just asked him, I said, well, I didn't ask him about places. I just asked him about position and said, you know, hey, does that does that change the positions? Um, he said he didn't think so, but he wasn't positive. You know, so at that point, you know, um, wasn't sure, but it, I knew I get I, I knew I'd give it at everything. So, um, but to be to answer your question, I mean, to be the last two standing there, um, I had a hard time with the microphone that night, you know last night. Um, emotions are running high. I mean, and they still are, you know, and it's, uh, Jackson's living my dream, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to support him and in what he does, um, what he wants to do, uh, the community that supports him, you know, you all, uh, and traveling on the road to these events for me i go you know i go to fish you know and my goal is to catch two limits um you know sandy sandy cooper burned me this year uh there's no record of me being at sandy cooper you know that was that was a humbling moment for me um so this is my 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 fourth event but my only my third points event um but it's uh to be there with him and do these things. Um, it, the community, like seeing you all at Ralph's the other night, you know, um, you guys are family, you know, and I look forward to this stuff, uh, more than, more than I probably let on to. So it's, it's been cool it, watching though. Like, you know, as Jackson came on as like this, super young phenom you know <laughs> in the kayak scene and watching him grow up and 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 mature and 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 you know he's he's had some issues that have kept him from being able to kayak fish a lot last year and mm -hmm. seeing him come back and and you know be successful and then you still beat him that was, <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was that was awesome i I love that it was you two, one and two. And I know you're not out there, you know, to beat Jackson, right? Like, I know that's not, yep. <laughs> you know, as a father, especially you that has kind of nurtured him in the sport, the last thing you want to do is kind of <laughs> pull the rug out from under him. But to be able to to be, you know, neck and neck on a, on a tough fishery, going back and forth like that and, and pull it off, uh, that's that's pretty, pretty great. Pretty great. And I, I know I was texting you back and forth after day one, you know, close the thing out. And then I saw Francis Tran's post, who was really the only person I was worried about. When he posted that he only had four fish, I texted you and I was like, all right, I'll see you on KBN Monday. <laughs> and Jim's like, how do you know that? And I was like, because Francis just posted that he only had four fish on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't even, I didn't even have, I didn't even have enough reception to even look at Facebook. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I had like two or three spots where I could go to to submit fish. So, so let's, I mean, let's talk about your tournament. How did, how did, you know, when you came into the lake, you've obviously fished Kentucky Lake before. Mm -hmm. What were you looking for? Did you, did you fish history or did you just go with something brand new? 
No, quite quite honestly, no. Um, I fished. Uh, I did fish a little bit of history. Um, and uh, I'll just be honest. I mean, I went uh, straight to the Barkley Dam. You know, and and I, and I did. I I caught a few fish, but I'm like, oh man, you know, they're just. I'm just not feeling it. Um, and Jackson and I were talking. He'd been down there for a couple days. Um, you know, and and he was letting me know that you know, hey you might check this out. You know, I mean, I caught a few fish there. What? And so I just had, and he, he gave me, I only wanted it two rants. Um, and as we were talking through things, um, he had told, he, he had let on that he caught fish in a couple spots, but he was really on them in the spot that he was at. Um, so I thought, you know what? I was all the way at the North end. I'm going to drive all the way to the South end to see. You know, and I even talked to him on the way. I'm like, I hope I don't find anything down here. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, I should have sent you a picture, but I caught, I caught the, I caught the biggest fish that uh, I caught all weekend on Friday in that spot. And I caught a 19 and a quarter smallmouth. And I mean, wow. you know, if you guys caught small smallmouth down there, I mean, it it's a dance, you know I mean? They jump seven, eight times out of the water and it's all you can do just to keep them in the water and get them in the net. So that, that's how I figured it. That's how I figured it out. And, um, you know, a lot of guys were, a lot of guys were, you know, beating the banks and stuff. Well, I was sitting shallow throwing deep and, uh, that, that was a ticket for me. And one of the things, uh, that, you know, we can get into later, I guess, but, um, one of the things I learned from like Jay Wallen, uh, up on St. Clair, I'll never forget this. The first time I fished St. Clair in a tournament, you know, Jay had come up afterwards. He said, did you know, did you see what I was doing? Did you see what I was doing? And he was literally just flip tossing out of Senko and letting the wind just blow him back, you know, and he, and he just sit there and just hold that, hold, hold still and just let that, let that Senko just drag through the grass. Like, I'm gonna try that with a net rig. I like it. It dude. works. I like it. It works. That's what I did all day for four days. Is that exact <laughs> yeah. presentation? Yeah. We yeah. We call so, it counting rocks. Like that's what we call it. It's counting rocks. You want to feel every little pebble. Yep. Yep. You felt every every little rock. <laughs> I mean, it was a hard bottom. So, and and quite honestly, if I showed you my my uh, fish finder, um, it's black. I. I I caught all my fish in a 200 yard spot and I was just back and forth and back and forth. And I gave it a break, you know, and I go and fish a couple other areas just to give it, give it a little bit of break. And then I would come back, but all three of my big fish, one in practice, one on, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, they all came from the exact same spot. Well, let's talk about this with your, with your practice. Cause we've talked about this with a lot of people that have won tournaments and fish tournaments, mm -hmm. how they practice. So you say you caught the biggest fish that, that you caught all weekend right there on Friday. Yep. How long did you sit on those fish or did you decide, Nope, they're here. I'm out of here. How, how, how did you manage that when you were practicing and decide that was your spot? Um, uh, quite honestly, I mean, when I was practicing, I didn't sit on them at all. I mean, I was probably only there for two hours, three hours tops because uh, it was such a long drive back. Um, but, you know, I was talking to Jackson. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do, you know. And, and I got burned at uh, at Sandy Cooper because I was stubborn. 
I was going to make that, I was going to make the place work, you know, and uh, it obviously didn't turn out for me, you know, and, and he made the comment. He said, I just start where you caught your big one. That's exactly what I ended up doing. You know, and that paid off. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially, I mean, in essence, I mean, he helped me, he helped me, he helped me win. He helped me beat him, you know, Uh, not, not by giving me any kind of strategy or anything like that, but by giving me the confidence to, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And that's what I did. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So after you decided on that, let's get into your day one. I mean, you ended up in second place on day one and, you know, you're looking strong, but tell us how that day started and how it progressed for you um, to get up to second place on day one. Quite honestly, I can't even remember which fish I caught when. Um, but I was actually going going way uh, – I was planning on going about a mile and a half from the ramp. And uh, with the drive, with the rain, uh, I ran into uh, Brady Stores at the ramp. Um, and I just sat there and I looked at it. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm not anxious to get on the water. Cause at least my radar was showing that the rain was going to let up in you know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, and I ended up just hanging out in my truck for a little bit, uh, got on the water right about the time lines was in. I just got anxious and started casting about 200 yards off from the ramp. Well, that's when the first fish came. And then the second fish came after that. So I ended up fishing a spot that I wasn't even planning on really fishing. You know, it was in the area that I was going to fish, but I was just planning on go, blowing right right past that and going about a mile and a half back. And what, I had uh, I had five fish limit within an hour, but two of the fish I couldn't submit because I'd lost reception. You know, I mean, it literally within that 200 yards. Um, so by the time I rolled back and got to the beginning, I was able to submit the the other two, I probably caught, uh, I mean, the weather was a huge thing. I, I didn't know that until day two, but the weather was a huge thing. Um, I ended up catching probably between 30 and 40 fish on day one on day two was a lot tougher. Yeah, probably cause you caught 40 on day one. They got, they got smart on that. Like this man ain't playing out here. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not good at managing fish. I'm just not. I mean, I want to. I, I want to catch them. You know, and I, I mean, whatever I catch, I mean, there's Pokemon. You're gonna catch them all. Yeah, there, there's got to be bigger ones out there, right? You know, so oh, I was swinging for the fences on day one. I was. I wasn't managing fish at all. That's all right. Did you have out. a B spot? I mean, did you did you have a place you were confident in as a B spot, or were you just like, well, here we here we here we go. Yeah, my B spot was all the way up north at the Barkley Dam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh How long a drive would that have been if you had to bail? Uh, you mean like during during the day? Like you'd have had to like bail out during the day to go somewhere else. Would that have taken an hour, hour and a half? How long would that have taken? Probably an hour and a half. Uh, is my guess, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would have been. I would have been. I mean, from the ramp, if I was loaded up, I mean, um, I was looking at an hour and ten minutes. Oh yeah, brutal. Easy. You get speeding tickets around there too. You got to be real careful. 
Uh, there's no room. there's no way to speed. I mean, there's no oh, reception yes, there for is. about 45 <laughs> minutes. I mean, the the roads are wrapped lines. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how the speed limits are posted at 50 miles an hour through some of those places. It's wild. It's definitely. I mean, that's one of the challenges of Kentucky Lake is it's not access to the lake there's a ton of ramps i mean a ton of ramps on kentucky lake but it's cell phone reception and then navigating around kentucky lake because you have to take five thousand little little back roads to get from ramp to ramp you know there's nothing that's really <laughs> just a straight shot to get to josh evans says the police around there don't play is that true right Judging from my speeding ticket, yes, twenty dollars yeah, worth says they don't play. Oh, did you get one? I got one in the Hobie Open. Uh, I don't know, five years ago, me and Sadiki got on that big school of fish. I got. Oh yeah, yeah. trying to get back to check in, and I got pulled over, and it caused me to miss a check. <laughs> Sadiki passed me while I was pulled over by the cop. It's pretty funny. Well, let's uh, let's get into your day two. You said it was tougher. And your day two total got you into 13th place. A lot of other guys made moves on day two, including our housemate, Abby, made that run up to third place. Um, what what changed there? You said the weather was key. So what do you think happened on day two to make it a tougher bite for you? Well, on day two, I mean, the area that I was in, uh, I went out there. I mean, it, it was a sheet of glass. The water was just calm as could be at the start of the, at start at the start. Uh, probably, I don't know, two and a half, three hours into it when the wind finally picked up and then it got a little brutal out there, you know, but, and that's when the bite picked up, you know, and what I noticed, I mean, I had been sitting shallow casting into, oh, probably seven to eight feet of water. Well, if I, if I sat in four to six feet of water and cast it out to 12 to 13 foot of water, that's where they were at. You know, but again, it was, it was, it was pedaling down, casting and just painfully slow fishing. That's so I, I had a spot that I, I moved to on day two. I couldn't fish it on day one. Cause that wind was insane. It was offshore out in the middle of the lake, but when I found it pre-fishing, you know, the wind was blowing out of the South. And I think it was it was blowing kind of up this long point that was coming out. When I went back to fish it on day two, the wind's blowing north northeast, and I literally I think the difference in that wind direction is what had those fish pushed off of that hump. I think I found them on that south wind, and they were positioned correctly. North wind, they were pushed off of it because I I mean. I I don't know if that affected your bite at all with that current difference. I think that's what either helped a lot of people on day one or, you know, with Abby in his case, that wind is what killed his bite on day one. He couldn't, he couldn't sit on it. He couldn't stay in the area where the fish were on day one because it was so bad, you know, with the waves and stuff, but day two, he was actually able to get to it. So that's kind of one of the big adjustment factors, you know, when you talk about Kentucky Lake, especially, or any of these large reservoirs, when you got a North wind at, 10 to 20 miles an hour, uh, it can uh, it can really flip your game plan upside down. In well, I forgot how crazy that like, – you know, it reminded me a lot of when Toledo Bend got up because it runs yeah. north to south like that, big, long, wide-open lake. Lord have mercy. 10-mile-an-hour yeah. wind feels like 30. Starts, yeah, it starts don't, rolling it don't play out there. Out there. Yeah, it starts rolling out there. 
Uh, we got some questions too from John Allen. Jim, do you use electronics religiously or just here and there? And how important do you think they are? No, quite honestly, I mean, um, my electronics, I mean, I don't have anything special. Um, but uh, I, I, I use it to mark waypoints. I use it to see how deep, deep the water is. I use it to uh, see what the water temperature is and, you know, for navigation purposes. Um, but I don't, I don't get into the side scan, the down scan, any of that stuff. You're not scoping? You're not live scoping out there? No. No. Uh All right. Uh, And then another more more important question, Jim. LeBron or Jordan? I'm going to go with Jordan. Amen. See? I was going to end the show if you – Champions choose Jordan. John Allen, you heard it here. Straight out of Indiana, the home of basketball. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, actually Jackson just left this morning. Uh, that's why we had to get back here. Uh, we, we didn't roll into about four o'clock this morning. Jackson left at seven o'clock with his buddy, uh, Luke Goody, who plays for, uh, Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're down at that. They're down in Florida going on a Python hunting trip. Very cool. Uh, Did you say a Rick? Python hunting trip? Python hunting trip. Okay. Yep. All right. Things yep. kids scam boots. The things the kids do these days, right? <laughs> I know. That's wild. Yeah. I hadn't done that yet. Way to go, yeah. Jax. Uh, Rick Nakamp had a question, but he like stopped his question midway. So I know you put that up, and it said as follows, and then nothing. And then follows. I'm like, where's the follows? I'm waiting for the follows. <laughs> you know, the story is so cool, Jim, because I, I'm a dad of boys, and you know, raising boys is is different, especially if you raise them doing them doing stuff you like, and. I came up playing a lot of basketball. My boys played basketball and I never let my boys beat me at basketball until they could legit do it. <laughs> I would make them cry in the driveway and, and all that kind of stuff. So was there a little bit of that, that part of the dad mode in you? Like I'm going to, he's going to have to earn it to beat me. You were going to let him have it. Uh, no, quite, quite honestly, not, not really. Um, you know, th- this is his game. You know, this is, this is his dream. I mean, my, my dream for him, um, but uh, no, I, I was watching the leaderboard on day two and probably missed out on fifty or sixty casts just because I was trying to get reception, trying to see if he was calling up, you know, because we're not allowed to talk on the water anymore. So um, my my only way to see how he's doing is to check the leaderboard, and I was checking the leaderboard to see where he was at, you know, not necessarily see where I was at. I guess it is pretty cool. Like if you're gonna lose. You want to lose to your boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the only thing yeah. that can make it okay, I think, is to lose lose to your boy. Yeah, no, I, I was I was really surprised at the end because um, I thought I was getting docked two inches, but it ended up getting docked two and a half inches on that. Because the very first fish that I caught on day two was the fish, and I didn't notice until later until I went back and rolled through my camera roll. But the very first fish I caught on day two was the fish that I caught on day one. And I'm glad I didn't know that at the time because, I mean, that's what hyped me up. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Yeah, that was my biggest fish on my stringer day two. And I was like, <laughs> dang, <laughs> it had to be that one. <laughs> Heartbreaker. Um, Rick, come on, finish that question. I want to throw it up here. What's for, your for opinion you? on that, Jim? I mean, <clears throat> which part? You know, we've, we've had a post about it, like catching the same fish day one to day two. 
Like, I, I understand, obviously, you can't use the same fish twice in one day, but if you've released this fish, this fish is back out swimming in the wild, and you catch it again on the second day, should that count on your stringer or not, in your opinion? I don't know. I, I mean, quite honestly, I struggled a little bit more with, well, why, uh, you know, why can't you pull it from day one instead of day two? You know, because that would put me in a better, yeah, I caught more fish on, on day one. It wouldn't have hurt me at all, hard, hardly. Like if you um, got to choose which stringer it, it yeah, came yeah. from. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly which, agree with that because I had like a 15 <laughs> as my small fish instead of a 12 as my small fish. So, you know, I, I, I can It's a good that. point, Jim. Yeah, it is a great point. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that was, it would have, uh, it made a difference of like two and a quarter inches for me. If it would have came, if it would have got pulled out of day one as opposed to day two. But I knew we talked about this on on one podcast, and that's what it was. It was with All American. That's exactly what it was. I knew we had talked about this. They allow it in All American. You're catching the fish again, like no question, right? I mean, that's and I saw a comment. Oh, you know, somebody could have caught it on day one and put it on a stringer. Well, shit, you could have caught ten on Friday and put them all on a string. <laughs> like, there, you know, there's no way you can't you can't prevent everything. But if you're out there fishing and you catch the same fish twice, that's already got a hole in its mouth. You should get an extra two inches. You know, you get. Yeah. I know. I know. Bed fishing puts a little little uh, gray area in that. Like, you know, if you catch one real quick, take a picture, put it back on the bed for the next day. I, I don't know about all that, but uh, in these cases, it seems like you were just fishing and caught them again. He decided to buy yeah, it. No, I, had, I had no idea whatsoever, you know, that, that I caught the same fish twice. And, um, you know, and, and when, when AJ called me and told me, you know, the unfortunate news, um, he, he, he did tell me, he said, Jim, he said, you know, we've had, we've had, uh, two judges look at it. You know, we're both seeing th things the same way. Um, you're welcome to see it, you know, and see if you see anything. And I just told him, I said, no, you know, and I do, I have all the respect in the world for AJ McWhorter. Um, and I just said, no, they, you know, I, I'm not going to question it. You know, I trust you. Um, and it is what it is, you know, and if, if those are the rules, those are the rules. Um, you know, they apply to all of us. So yep. there it's across the board. It sounds like it happened to Ryan too. Well, I guess I'd heard about it as well. I know it, ha it happened to a couple others and uh, uh, I think, I, I think it happened to three people that were in the top 16 that, wow. that put them out of the top 16. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't want to go on record saying that, but uh, so I guess a, I am. A five so. inch, it was a five inch difference on my, on my list. Yeah, you went from, from check to 28th, right? And then yeah. went. Oh yeah. Brutal. You still got some good points though, Ryan. Whatever. Yeah. On day two, <laughs> I dropped from 80 and a half inches to, I think 77 and three quarters, maybe. Oh yeah. Let's it's see. That'll put you back in right. 80.2. Yeah. yeah 80.25 to uh, 77 and three quarters. Yeah. It was it's two and a half inches. Been a no doubter at that point. And uh, honestly, this kind of stuff, that's why I, I run a GoPro all the time. We talk about this stuff all the time because you never know what's going to happen on the water, but this is just an, another reason, even if you don't want to edit videos or be a YouTuber or whatever, just to have for stuff like this. If there ever is a question, you know, 
oh, you caught the same fish, you know, oh, was it on a stringer, blah, blah, blah. Like you have, you have video evidence. Like, no, yeah, you can give an eight hour, not a, not an edited, you can give them the whole SD card and say, look, just tell them what time you took a whiz during the deal. You don't want them to see that. You should skip that part. So, but um, on yeah. day one, you know, I mean, on day one, I fished clean. Uh, in, in every fish I hooked, I got in the boat. Uh, even if, even, even if it wasn't a call, you know, I got him in the boat, but on day two, I had, I had five bites there, uh, between lines in and probably seven, seven thirty in the morning that, that I missed, you know, and one of them was probably around a 17 incher, um, that would, have it was a large mouth, but he came out of the water and he just, he let loose and got off. And then there were four others that I had him hooked, but. I, I never saw them, but they were, they were, they were definitely smallmouth. Yeah. Suckers are unforgiving. What was your, what's your Ned rig setup? Uh, what, you know, what rod do you throw? What Ned hooks do you throw? What's your favorite Ned rig bait? I think those are always good variables to hear from different people. Yeah, no, I, I use, I use the St. Corey rod. Jackson hooked, Jackson hooked me up with back when, I mean, uh, quite honestly, I mean, um, I don't study this or nor do I know it. You know, I, I have to ask him all the time. I mean, he'll look at me and laugh sometimes when he sees when I'm throwing the crankbait on or whatever. He's like, dad, you don't want to be throwing, you know, I'm throwing on like some jig rod or whatever. Um, <laughs> but to me, I mean, it, it's a rod. I mean, it's got a reel on it and I can hook a bait <laughs> to it. So it's all the same. It. You know, all it works. Yeah, it yeah. works. But this medium, heavy, fast, this, that, the other thing, whatever. Uh, no. Three power. It, yeah. I, I'm learning. I'm learning from him, you know, but uh, I've caught fish in very unconventional ways, I guess. You know, when it comes to the rod setups and whatnot. But as far as the bait, um, I was throwing a, I, I was throwing a TRD tickler. I probably went through 40 to 50 of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When I get hung up on rocks, I mean, I give it three jerks. I'd pull up on it. If I couldn't get it out, I cut the line and tie a new one on. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, My man, single-handedly lead poisoning Kentucky. Yeah. Come on, come on, uh, come on down here one spring and we'll get out and I'll, sh- I'll show you the tricks to getting those Ned heads unhung. It'll save you. Oh, I mean, it Jackson showed me, but every time I get one unhung, the hook, the hook, the hook was gapped out. You know, I ah, just bend it back. That's because you're throwing it on a flipping stick, Jim. You gotta That's ease probably. up on it. <laughs> probably. That's that extra, extra heavy, uh, extra heavy flipping stick there. I know my dead rock set, setups. It's good. It, it's Jackson approved. I sound, I mean, obviously it worked out pretty well. It seems like it was enough to get the job done here. Amen. Oh, it, was, it, it was a blast. I had a blast on day one. I mean, day two, I got, I got, I got antsy. I got nervous. I think. Nerves got to me a little bit there the first couple hours, and then I settled down a little bit. So you've had some runs on day one before, and I was talking to Ryan, and he said, "Yeah, I talked to Jim. He's a little bit, a little bit nervous about spitting the bit on day two. Is that like, is that true? You've had a little history in the past of making a day one a little bit of a push, and then not, not being able to close it out on day two. Yeah, creep, well, creep yeah, I mean, mind a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a spotlight guy. You know, it happened to be on uh, St. Clair. I mean, I had a heck of a day on uh, day one on St. Clair and didn't seal a deal on, on day two. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm not a spotlight guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I go to these events. I mean, quite honestly, one of the reasons I signed up for Kentucky Lake is, um, there's 109 people and it was going to be a good point to that, you know, and my goal was to visit the TOC with Jackson again. Um, so that, that, that's what put me there. Well. Yep. When I, when I, <laughs> I said, uh, proud of you, buddy, finish it. <laughs> he said, my bite died. But the, the night before I said, uh, nice job. He said, thanks. I'll find a way to screw it up tomorrow. That was <laughs> his exact quote. <laughs> Oh well, you didn't screw it up. You didn't. You, that. you didn't. Oh, oh man, that was awesome. I didn't, but I was, I was very surprised that you know seventy-seven and what three quarters, whatever I had on day two. Uh, I was very surprised that sealed the deal. It, I, it's such a tough fishery, though. Like, and you know, you saw those big swings. I thought mid eighties was probably about the top limit that you would you would see come out of a one day, you know, maybe somebody might fluke one and hit 90. But if you look at the, the big fish overall, that, that big largemouth class is, is gone. Like, you, you know, we didn't see any of those big 21, 22, 23 inch largemouth coming in. Like Kentucky Lake was known for, you know, years yeah. back like that, that's gone. Those, those largemouth, they're completely missing from, uh, showing up on the on the tourney x leaderboard yeah it looks like a pickwick tournament we got smallmouth all over the place the smallmouth have seemed to sustain themselves at least you know the adult trophy class smallmouth have seemed to sustain a little bit better and i don't know if it's kind of their forage patterns or whatever you know maybe if they're eating crawfish or whatnot they're not you know affected as much by whatever the asian carp do in the water that we don't seem to know about but I think that that might be the explanation for it. I'm no biologist by any means. Ryan, we got Rick's question. He finished his question. It's a three-parter. You ready for this, Jim? I'm ready. So Rick Nacamp over on YouTube, he said, Jim, part one of this, going into this tournament, how how familiar familiar were you with the lake? Are you local to Kentucky? What was your game plan going in? This planning process seems overwhelming. Well, no, number one, Kentucky Lake uh, is probably one of the lakes I'm most familiar with. Um, that, that's where it all started. Um, that's one of the first – that is the first uh, traveling tournament that we went to um, outside of Indiana. And for the – for oh, my gosh, it wasn't called the Bass Open Series. Um, it, was, it was called try- the Hobie Bass Open. Yeah, it was, it was the Hobie Bass Open. Um, and, you know, that's that's where I took Jackson when he was 13. So, um, and I remember, I mean, I think I put 1,500 miles on my truck while I was at Kentucky Lake. That, that you know, and we were getting up at, we traveled with the guy, his name's Mike Denzel here in uh, Fort Wayne uh, at the time. Uh, still is one of the, uh, Hobie regional guys um, stayed with him and we were all over the place. You know, we're staying at Kentucky Dam village, but we're fishing down at, you know, in uh, big Sandy, you know, and that's, that's like a two hour drive, Yeah. you know, but, and, and that's where I always let, at least when I was chauffeuring Jackson around, he always picked the spot, you know, and I, 
if like I hate the fish docks, but if that's what he picks, okay, I'll figure something out there. Um, but uh, so I, I feel like I know Kentucky Lake probably better than I. I probably have more waypoints and more experience on Kentucky Lake and all the creeks and stuff that are there than probably uh, any lake in the country. But and, that being said, though Kentucky Lake, the fishery itself has changed so much from from those days i mean that that was the glory days you know up until about four years ago that fishery is completely different now i mean with everything from where the fish are positioned to the bait you know it, it's it's a completely different setup you might you know you know the ramps and you know some of the landmarks and features but the way the fish are set up now is just uh it's it's crazy it's completely <laughs> completely different from how it used to be yeah, and I mean, I, it, like this weekend was fortunate for me because um, one of the things I've never, never done is ledge fish, you know, and, and I'll never forget. I think it was, I can't remember if it was the first one, the second one, maybe the third one. Um, and I didn't even know you all at that time. But, uh, you know, just as we were wrapping up the tournament and whatever, you know, I see this video of Eric Siddiqui and lambert out on the ledges after the tournament was over and they were hammering the fish we probably caught 25 fish over four pounds out of that school it was insane insane you know and and that's one thing you know i didn't know Sadiki at the time and he's he's become one of my best friends here over uh over time in fact uh you know we were talking earlier he's actually still down in kentucky lake right now um probably on his way home right now but earlier today he was on Kentucky Lake but um you know that's one thing that one of the things that I would like to learn is how to ledge fish you know I mean here in Indiana I mean uh we're for the most part shallow water fishermen but you know Jackson's taught me to look for some things offshore whatnot over the years um so I don't know it's uh ledge fishing is one of those things I'd like to like to take a swing at one of these days you need to come down to Chickamauga right now. Then the ledge bites on fire right now. They're schooled up pretty you just heavy. Pick them, really? you, just pick, you just pick them up with a zombie virus on them, don't you? You don't even have to catch them. You just <laughs> That's them right. <laughs> That's right. Pickwick. Pickwick's a really good ledge fishing lake too. It's kind of taken the place of Kentucky Lake, what it used to be. But I did hear some big fish being caught on the ledges during this tournament. Not many, and there weren't many schools. I think Ewing found a school, and then uh, Jeff's uh, partner in Arkansas. Uh, he he was at my ramp and he actually went out and caught. I think he said he caught his big fish, nineteen something, uh, yeah, on a ledge. Yeah. He put he posted a Facebook post, kind of breaking it all down. He day one ledges and brush piles, and then he flipped docks for some coals. So yeah, he said he scoped it. it, scoped it out there. Yeah, this kind of answers. You kind of already answered this question, Denzel, on uh, Facebook. Said, "Are you a shallow water fisherman or offshore?" He said, "You're not really down with fishing ledges. Do you fish offshore much otherwise, like brush piles or anything? Or are you more of a shallow water guy?" Uh, more of a shallow water guy, I guess. Uh, yeah, more of a shallow water guy. I mean, I like to fish a lot of breaks, you know, and, and, and that's all I use my graph for is finding those breaks. Yeah. You know, and I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of map study, uh, before, um, you know, marking all the ramps, uh, kind of checking out the contours, uh, you know, Google earth is always, a um, huge component, I guess, you know, just kind of checking things out at the different times of the years, whenever, whenever they took the photos, you know, and every now and again, 
you can run across photos of, you know, when, especially the reservoir lakes are low, you can kind of see what the features are underneath. Uh, let's see. We've got another question on Facebook. Elvis Lee, this is really a poignant question for, for tonight because talking about you and Jackson, uh, Elvis says, Jim, my 10 year old son wants to travel and compete with me on the road when he's older. What did you do with Jackson to get him acclimated to that travel life? And what was the process like for game planning to be successful on the water when on the road? And I would add to that, you know, with a younger kid, like you said, Jackson, 13 Elvis kids, uh, 10. How did you, uh, navigate that? I didn't have to navigate it. I just had to drive while he slept. <laughs> you just drove. That's it. Uh, drove and yeah, take for everything. I, That's about it, right? Yeah. Um, Jackson's been engaged. I mean, in fishing. I, I, remember when they did the Pond Warrior? Uh, when David Cruz did the Pond Warrior? Um, Never. If you that. looked at an aerial map of where we live right now, um, we probably got, you know, and, and they're all most of them are private ponds or subdivision ponds whatever you want to call them um we've got ponds everywhere well jackson's been fishing since he was uh three and a half four years old you know we've got three ponds right here in our neighborhood um and he he was catching four or five pound catfish you know i mean 30 inches long when he was four years old so uh, he used to wait for me. He had a, we had this red wagon. Um, and I, I wish I could send you guys pictures, but then I got, uh, got him a three wheel bicycle, like one of those grandma bicycles that had a big basket on the back, <laughs> put a, put a license plate, hung some fishing lures from it. And he, it was always full, you know, and he would drive that thing through the neighborhood and go to different ponds and whatever get kicked out of some ponds, you know, just by <laughs> some, some of the grumpier elderly folk. Um, but no, he, he's always loved fishing. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that uh, he was born with, you know, and I'm grateful for that because it's something that I always loved growing up, but I know I just never pursued it. Um, and he's taken it to a whole different level. You know, and I said this the other night or last night, seems like so long ago now, but um, you know, Jackson's, uh, we raise our kids, but in, in the fishing world, I mean, Jackson still, Jackson still comes to me for, uh, you know, worldly advice and stuff like that. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't really need that much anymore. Um, he's pretty independent to be honest. He's got a good head on his shoulders, but when it comes to fishing, he's become my coach. You know, I mean, he teaches me so much, you know, I mean, and what he's learned along the way. Um, and he's definitely made me a better fisherman. That's unreal. That's awesome. So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but, uh, yeah, keeping Elvis. it fun, keeping yeah. it real, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe going outside the boundaries every now and again, you know, I mean, uh, just, uh, let him know that, um, you know, there's more to life than chasing a paycheck. Yeah, that's the truth. And maybe one day, Elvis, your son will get good and teach you how to fish better. <laughs> <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Yeah, just uh, dr let him sleep, drive, and then let him sleep, drive, the and then you can be a Hobie champion. Yeah, get on the grind. Uh, no, that's that's really cool, Jim. I well, want to ask you. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I don't care whether it's, I mean, whether it's ballet, whether it's fishing, whatever, but, uh, but passions bring people together, you know, and, and, and you look at the circle of people that, uh, you know, we cross paths with in the world of fishing, uh, the camaraderies, the friendships of the, you know, the family the atmosphere that we have, you know, the, the meetups that you all do and going to Rouse and seeing everybody there and having some laughs and with everything that was going on that night. Um, <laughs> You, you can't, you can't, you can't beat that. You know, it, it's special. We were talking about that. I think that's one of the things that COVID really took away from what the tournaments used to be because used to, I mean, there were, you were always around each other, spending time, you know, at least in the same area. Now it's like everybody just kind of, all right, got my board checked. I'm going to go sit in my own house and not do anything or talk to anybody else while I'm here. Like I miss that kind of the more social atmosphere, right? Where everybody is like, if we would try to plan something like that at every event, you know, Hey, everybody go here for dinner or whatever. I think that, you know, I was talking to, to John that was staying in our house. He's like, yeah, you know, it's cool that y'all try to do a meetup or something at each one of these, because when I was traveling, when he started out, he's like, I didn't know anybody. You know, I was going to these tournaments by myself, camping in a tent, no, you know, no contact with anybody. He's like, just the opportunity to be able to go, you know, show up and, and make a friend or something like that's, that's part of the part of the game, just as much as catching fish or chasing a check or whatever, you know? Like it's, it's getting to know each other. And, and I mean, you, you've seen it, Jim, like the relationships you build and the connections that you make, being able to help each other with life, you know, not just fishing, but your, your whole life. Amen. Right. Yeah, no, no. And I'll, I'll speak to that too. I mean, and I don't know if this is what you're referring to or not, Ryan, but you know, some of the medical issues that Jackson's been facing, you know, with Ryan doing what he does uh, for a living, you know, I mean, he knew people, you know, that he was willing to reach out to and, uh, you know, get second opinions and third opinions and, uh, to help, you know, and, and, you know, and, and I remember six years ago, whatever it was when uh, we started doing this, you know, you all were just, you know, and I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the social media world, you know, but, uh, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, but, you know, our kids are, you know, and, and you all were icons, you know, for Jackson. He would always talk about this and show me this, that, and the other thing, you know. And uh, lo and behold, you know, next thing I know, you know, we're sitting at Kentucky Lake in a in a meeting with all these people, you know, um, afraid to talk to them all, you know. And here we are, six years later, you know, friends friends with everybody, you know. It's uh, it's pretty amazing the way things work out, you know, and. Uh, how sometimes, you know, our fears of approaching people or not being accepted or whatever. Um, we're all just people, you know, and it, uh, it's, a spe it's definitely a special group and, and one that I'm very, I feel very fortunate for Jackson and myself to have found. And one thing that I know, you know, I mean, I had a stroke here uh, three years ago and I, I had talked to several people after that, you know, that I had a, you so many people reached out after that and uh i know i know for a fact that jackson's in good hands if something does happen to me 
Ain't nothing happened to you, Jim. You, you no, I, no, I'm not yeah. trying to be morbid, but it's yeah. it's 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 one of those things that every dad wants to feel. You've done you such want... a good job raising him. When when I had him down here for that Hobie shoot, like Jack, I mean, he's 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 what what every parent would want their child to grow up to be. You know, smart, level headed, responsible. You know, cares about what he does. Like it's just a joy to be around. You've you've done a great job. Thanks. Yeah, you gonna leave him in the hands of crazy Uncle Lambert? I don't know if you want to do that. Or not. Well, <laughs> I'll take care of him now. He he may have to drive me around, but I'll take care of him. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ryan, you're talking about the the, the lack of of social interaction and meetups. I've got one way to solve it all. We can fix it. Steve what Fields is in the comments. Shotgun starts. We're all back together. <laughs> all Start right, at Barkley we... Dam and head down south. Is what you do. Can right we there. have motors? Can we have motors, Steve? He'd, he'd be okay with that if we go shotgun starts, I think. I'd trade. I'd trade that. Motor, motors in the shotgun start. No. Yeah. The slowest shotgun start in history. It'd be awesome. Uh, people saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. We did it. Congrats, yeah. guys. We just changed the face of, <laughs> of kayak fishing tonight. Yeah, Edie, Wil Edie Wilkinson just made a point. After five days of being alone, 95% of the time, it wears on you a hit when you're away from your family. So if you are just kind of going to these tournaments and isolating yourself away from family and stuff, I guess that can. You know, it, it can make the, the stress of tournament travel even worse. Yep. Reach out, make yeah. a friend. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Edie. She, she's an Indiana girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Indiana girl. Mm -hmm. Jim, I don't know if you know this, but I'm an original Midwestern guy myself. I'm from Ohio, just next door there. I did not know that. Yeah, Buckeye, born and raised. I've been in Arkansas long enough now to be from here, too, but uh, born and raised in Dayton, just across the line there. Okay. He's switching it up. Yeah. Well, Jim, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. It's, I mean, it's awesome you sharing the story of, you know, you and Jackson, and we've heard from Jackson, obviously, from his perspective. He's been on <laughs> numerous times. But, you know, watching you win this thing was huge. Like, I loved it. I absolutely uh, – after day one, I was like, man, Jim's going to Jim's gonna win this thing. Like, I, fe <laughs> I felt like you were going to do it. I'm so glad it happened. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Awesome show. Everybody in the comments saying uh... – what a great story. What a great show. So thanks for sharing that with us, Jim. And congrats to you and your boy. All of us uh, boy dads out here, proud to see what happened. It was cool. It's fun to watch. I hope I get to see y'all at the TOC. <laughs> Let me see what else I can screw up this season. <laughs> yeah. You Jim, can do it. <laughs> oh, I know I can do that part. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, sir. Get some rest, my man. Congrats again. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. See you, buddy. There he is. Jim Moore, everybody. That was amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stories. Indeed. All right, Ryan. All right. What a show. Ready? It's giveaway time. I got to get this thing pulled up. People already jumped the gun and started saying hashtag Revo. Like, I'm going to use that as the. <laughs> should I use that since I already did it? Or should I do something else? I don't know. What do you want to do? Okay. Uh, hashtag uh, Ryan's DQ'd. No. Duke fish. Not again. No. Fish. We'll go with Revo. It's fair enough. Do it. We've we've already got people already halfway down the road on it now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go, guys. Halfway hashtag Reeve on the comments to have a shot at winning. And we'll do the drawing here in just a minute. I was so gonna say like 
four doors more oars or something. You know, <laughs> that's too many letters, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Throw them in there. We got 75, 76 people on live. Only about half of that in the contest right now. So give it just a few seconds or so. What was your favorite part of the, the stories we heard tonight? I think it's so cool seeing a dad, you know, and father-son combo come in one-two one, like that. I mean, so many things you could say about it. I think it's that Jim accidentally beat Jackson. I don't think Jim wanted <laughs> to do that at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can tell. Like, he... <laughs> And he almost I think I think Jim almost feels bad about about beating Jackson, which is okay. awesome. But I you know, I loved I love seeing yeah, I love seeing somebody that is like hard working and, and does so much like obviously like he he's done so much to get Jackson this involved in the sport and for him to just win it so humbly. Like that's my that's my favorite part. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Although I, I would uh, differ from if Justin was in this tournament with me and I beat him, I would be very happy that I beat him. Uh, so they were <laughs> McKenzie. They're doing like a parents versus players uh, practice, and it was supposed to be Wednesday. So I like made sure my Wednesday was clear. <laughs> well, they moved it to next Wednesday, and she's like, "Dad, are you gonna take it easy on us?" I was like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> I oh, said, "Y'all, y'all better wear face masks to that one, girl." <laughs> yeah, and, and shout out to the the child beating the parent. Uh, Flipped around, my fellow Arkansan, Krista Hibbs, came in, cashed her first national check, and beat her mom. She finished in front of her mom in the tournament. So, kid got the revenge. So we switched, awesome. we switched it up there. So well done, Krista. Uh, all right, I think we got enough entries. Let's do this thing. Dun dun dun. I saw Bob Baylor's name. Yeah. James Snyder. There we go, James. You're the winner of the Revos. Congratulations. Well done, sir. So, James, reach out. I'll get you the code tonight. There we go. What a good show, Ryan. I am. Uh, did you see the Ike Live show uh, shared Jackson Jim's uh, success really? in, the, in the Hobie Troll? Yeah. Are they going to get an invite? I don't know. I have no idea. I, they've they've actually changed the whole format of the the Ike Live show. It's it's no longer just the big uh, the big kind of circus that they had <laughs> in the studio there. I think yeah. it was just Ike doing solo this last one. But okay. we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. We got a big show coming next week. I think Ryan. Do we want to drop any hints about that? Or are we just going to wait till we put the announcement out? <laughs> Pete tried to call earlier. I called him back and he didn't answer. <laughs> We're going to have a guest on from Bash University um, next week. The Dean? Hopefully. The Dean. Hopefully, Pete. I assume it's going to be Pete. That's my guess. Um, but we're going to talk about some things. Talk about some cool things. We've had, had some, you know, some hints dropped and, and some things in the works and something that, that I've been involved with and, and pushing as hard as I can for the last couple of years. We're finally getting some fruit on the tree. So uh, we will bust that open next week and let, let you all in on the secrets. But this week, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I don't think we – do we have anything else we need to touch on? I think we covered covered all the high points. No. Nah. That's it, man. Nah. Nah, nah we're good. We good. Time to get some sleep. Go Nuggets. That's right. Shut them out. <laughs>